It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. No lists of rules, evil AIs or cursed objects appear in the story. It doesn't take place in a haunted apartment, a supernatural forest, or secret laboratory. There aren't any ghosts or demons either, although I suppose you could say that there are monsters. The year was 2007. It was after midnight on a Thursday night, and my best friend Sean and I had nowhere to go. I was a wannabe writer. He was a wannabe artist. And we had $29 between us that somehow had to buy all of our food and gas until the end of the month. That night, we discovered a half-empty bottle of Everclear vodka behind a fake panel on the wall of our apartment. It was like finding buried treasure. We poured it into two bottles along with some expired orange juice, trusting the alcohol to kill off any bacteria. We set out for a walk. Walking, at least, was free. In those days, it was our main recreational activity. Instead of going through the historic district or out by the meatpacking plant, we headed along one of our main railroad tracks that crisscrossed our town. We'd had some close calls before, but we'd always managed to scurry into the bushes when a train came roaring through. Well, so far anyway. Maybe... Maybe it was the booze. But I felt bored with the railroad tracks that night. I wanted to explore one of the gravel roads that led away from the tracks. There were dozens of them. Strange little paths that led up into the tree-lined hills or down into the dark gullies behind the tracks. I picked one at random, and Sean sighed when he saw how steep it was. Fueled by curiosity and vodka screwdrivers, we trudged up into the woods. We hadn't gone far when I began to suspect that maybe, just maybe, we'd made an awful mistake. I felt... watched. Although I couldn't see anyone among the trees... The hair on the back of my neck was starting to stand up. Goosebumps covered Sean's arms, and one look in his eyes told me that he was feeling it too. We didn't dare to speak. Not a single word might break the spell, causing God knows what to come charging at us from the depths of the woods. How far were we from town now? Forty-five minutes? An hour? Help would never get to us in time if we called for it. There was no one around to hear us scream. There was a heavy, silent, expectant feeling in the air, like someone or something was awaiting the arrival of our crunching footsteps. I couldn't tell what it was at first, that black shape looming beyond the horizon of the hill. To our overactive imaginations, it looked almost like a ruined castle. As it turned out, it was an abandoned rock quarry. That feeling of being observed only intensified as we entered the ring of crumbled, graffiti-covered walls and huge machines we couldn't identify. I felt drawn to the building to the right, but maybe I just wanted to get out of the line of sight of the concrete tower at the far end of the quarry, the one with narrow windows that stared down at us like empty eye sockets. Approaching the building, Sean and I were hit by a foul smell— a weird mix of diesel fuel, sweat, piss, and something else I couldn't identify. 
We turned on the flashlights on our phones and stepped through the doorless entrance. The moment I saw the filthy torn up clothes and mattresses inside, I wanted to go get out of here. And I'm sure that Sean did too. But running meant facing whatever might be waiting for us on the road back, and neither of us were ready to do that. Not yet. Shaky phone flashlights in our hands, we kept going, stepping over junk half-glimpsed in the dark. A decapitated teddy bear. A pink plastic bowl full of maggots. A long hallway of metal doors, one of them screeched as it swung open on rusted hinges. Was someone else here? We kept going until we reached the end of the hallway, where a concrete staircase led upwards. Sean opened his mouth to say something, but stopped when he heard footsteps behind us. Whoever they were, they could walk just fine in the dark. And they had no trouble staying out of the reach of our dim phone flashlights. Hello? There was no response. Sean and I headed up the staircase, afraid to go forward, but even more afraid to go back. Upstairs, more rusty metal doors, some of them were padlocked. From behind one, we heard weeping. In other rooms, multiple voices held hushed conversations. Some in languages we couldn't understand. Behind the door beside us, an orange glow flickered. Like firelight. The footsteps behind us grew closer, racketing up my nerves until I didn't dare to turn around. The door beside us swung open. Now I saw the source of the orange glow, some burning rags on a broken plate. I caught glimpses, shadows of figures moving inside. But most of my attention was fixed on the large, bearded man who burst out of the room, jabbing his finger into my chest and shoving me. Spit flew out between the gaps created by his missing teeth. His breath reeked of vomit and sickness. Red, worm-like veins stood out on his face as he screamed at me. I had no idea what he was saying, but the meaning was clear. I watched in slow motion as he picked up a chunk of rubble, reared back with it. The footsteps that had been following us came running out of the dark. A dirty, snot-nosed kid tugged on the man's sleeve. He hesitated for a second, and that was all Sean and I needed. We sprinted down the hallway, pursued by eerie echoing shouts and hurled hunks of rock. There was a rickety fire escape at the end of the hall. We'd barely started to climb down when the headlights appeared on the gravel tracks below. Something about their brightness made me feel like a hunted animal, and I gestured for Sean that we should hide. Sticks and briars jabbed through our jeans as we climbed up the wooded hillside and squatted down behind a half-rotted log. Three black vans parked in front of the abandoned quarry. There was something ominous about the way that they left their engines running. Five men got out of the vans and rushed inside the building where we'd found the man and child. Their shadows were long and freakish in the headlights, and while I couldn't make out their faces, I did catch the glint of a nickel-plated pistol. More shouts echoed from inside. We could see flashlight beams dancing in the hollow windows. The five men marched thirty people out of the ruined building and marched them into the rumbling vans. The whole thing couldn't have taken more than five minutes, but I swear I saw the kid who'd been following us look up into the hills and give a little nod before disappearing into the darkness of the rumbling, unmarked van. I finally understood. The man and the boy, they, they hadn't been threatening us, they'd been warning us, trying to get us out of there before it was too late. With the vans locked up and ready to go, 
I got a better look at the five armed men. And what I saw gave me chills. They looked... completely normal. A short, chubby guy with a goatee, a blonde kid not much older than me, who kept checking his phone. An older man with a leathery face and a ball cap, who I'd seen a few times in bars around town. And two others with their backs to me. All of them calmly smoking cigarettes and telling jokes like they hadn't just kidnapped dozens of people at gunpoint. One of the men opened a canvas bag that he was holding. It looked like it was full of passports and documents. And he set fire to them one by one with the tip of his cigarette. When they'd finished their smoke break, they left the smoldering sack on the ground and drove off with their human cargo. It was like they were never there. Almost half an hour passed before Sean and I dared to move from our hiding spot. The same question was in both of our minds as we trade carefully down the anonymous gravel road. What the hell had we just seen? I wanted to go to the police with our story. Without any evidence, who would believe us? Besides, as Sean pointed out, we'd have to explain what we were doing on the quarry's property in the middle of the night, reeking of alcohol. A few days later... A black and white poster on a roadside rest area caught my eye. I saw two faces that I'd recognized. Pudgy guy with a goatee, older man with a leathery face wearing a ball cap. Both were wanted in connections with a human trafficking ring. They brought hundreds of people into the country on false pretenses, destroyed their documents, and shipped them off to work as forced labor. Or worse. Sean and I had unwittingly stumbled onto one of those transport hubs of their operation. I'd always thought that human trafficking or something that happened to people was far away. Somewhere at shipping ports, border crossings, international airports. I'd, I never would have imagined it was in the sleepy college town where I lived. But maybe. Maybe that was the genius of it. There was a lot of abandoned buildings in Midwest America. There was a lot of gravel roads with no clear end in sight. In the quietest towns, even your town, there are a lot of places where evil can hide. Hey there kids, it's me, Mr. Creepypasta, and I want to tell you thanks so much for watching tonight's video or listening to tonight's episode of the podcast if you happen to be listening to this as a podcast or as a YouTube or however else you managed to have found this story for tonight. And as always, I would love to give a big thank you to everyone who's supporting me over on Patreon. You guys are the real MVPs, you guys keep things going, especially while things have been nuts for me over the past couple of months. And things have been getting crazier and crazier as time goes on. You guys are the ones who are keeping me sane. And I mean that with all sincerity, that you guys have helped me immensely. So, in my personal life and my professional life, I want to give a very big thank you to... Jordan Alexander Sanchez, Jacob Fensky, Chance Burnett, Diana Krause, Lakeda Canizales, Mr. B. Foster, Pepper Squeezer, Gaddis, Joseph Colorudo, Rudy B, Dante Kincaid, Foxhound 803, Mephistopheles, Curse Pox Primark, Bastion Beefcake, Jeff the Killer's Cultist, Love You M&M, M, Insanity Gamer X, Jesus Corneo, Yargul, Emma Cork, Jay Kearns, Himbo Jerry, Sama High, Crusader Chocobo, Adam Arias, Captain Scurvy, Escabine, Raiden Morris, Nate Cull, Our Min Sec Time, Angelus, Seclude, That Creepy Chick, Red Shadow Cat, Xavier and Cheyenne, Six Gay Rats in a Trench Coat, Turtle Man, Cryolinium, Lord Life's Best, Goring Tri Magazine, Mr. Marcus Blitz, Michael Inchok, Dirk Diver 030, Matt Bach, Voice of Sam, Chelly J, Facamel, Deleted Account, Melted Lake, Polly Sue, William King, Sashi Sasaku, Stricken, Freddy Krueger, Happy Birthday Jason Wilson, Lisa Cottrell, Caspian, 80 Nephew, Peter Chip, Acid System, Mom. 
Wong, Kiwi the Sloth, Dexter's Lampshade, Nico Kyle, the Ginger Bros, Aaron Stormcrow, Daniel Paulson, and Cordy Kenshin. To everyone on this list, everyone in the description, and of course anyone who could support even just $1, thank you all so much for making my life significantly easier with this. And if you guys would like to be able to join any of the names that you see here or down there or anything at all, head over to patreon.com slash mrcreepypasta. And with that, I wish you all a very, very pleasant night and sweet dreams. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.